I'm convinced that the person of Jesus Christ is the best hope for our human condition. I'll stand on that until I die. (laughs) There's nothing, there's no other person, worldview, answer, or comfort better than him. Jesus doesn't always make all suffering disappear in the moment. That, that's not his plan. That's not his goal. He doesn't always give us what we think is the happy life, free of all suffering. He knows what's best for us, and he is working all things for good towards that goal. But Jesus is the greatest hope in the world. I believe that. See, this world is a, is a dark place. We looked at that in our last episode There's tragedy, there's grief, things happen to people that are of unspeakable natures. Things may have happened to you that you would never share with somebody else. And then with those things, there's the baggage and the the past that you carry around, how you process and cope with those, those things over time. You may have developed a distrust of people because of what has happened to you. You may have learned to withdrawal and vital in your emotions leading to depression. You may desire to control things and you may fear the unknown leading to anxiety. You may have become so apathetic to anything in life that you're only a shell of who you once were emotionally and mentally. I don't know where you're at, but I do know what kind of world we live in. It's a dark world. And on top of this, the end of life is inevitable. There's death in the world. We feel the loss of those closest to us when they pass on from whatever um, has come. It leaves a void in our lives. We hear of babies dying before they can see the face of their mom. We hear of horrible, unspeakable things people do to other human beings, whether it be school shootings or cold murder or just a host of other things. And on top of that, there's disease, cancer, pandemics, dementia, decay. I mean, the list goes on. Now, I want to be careful here. My goal in saying all this is not to make you take all the weight of what I've just said upon yourself, right? That, that often for me is what has caused my depression is taking the weight of the world, the weight of the brokenness and sinfulness of the world, of myself, and thinking that it, it is on me to change it and make everything right. No, I'm saying this because first I want us to look at reality in the face for what it is. We live in a very dark world and this is reality. You may have related to something I said earlier. You may have found yourself in one of those situations. This is the human condition we face. But second, I want us I want to point us to the one who has the shoulders to handle it. You see, our shoulders can't handle it. We we fall, we're weak. We bend and break under the weight of a fallen world. But Jesus Christ is the one whose shoulders are strong enough to carry this. And that's what I want us to point us to. I don't want to point us to find the solution inside of ourselves or even inside of our world. But I want to point us to the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. I said at the beginning that Jesus is the best hope for all of humanity. The reason this is is because he himself knows our pain. It's because he himself knows our condition. God became man in Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man. He dwelt in our humanity to the full extent. And this is what we're going to look at in this episode. So we're back with part two of our Advent special with Through the Valley. Uh, Last week we looked at Jesus being the light of the world. 
This week's episode is called He Knows Your Pain. Let's get into it. All right, welcome back. This is your host, Cole. And as always, we're going to start with scripture for today. And we're in Isaiah 53. We were in Isaiah last week, but I just can't get enough of Isaiah, the prophecies about Christ coming into the world 700 years before he came are just amazing. So let me read just a few verses from Isaiah 53, starting at verse 3. This is about Jesus. It says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Beautiful passage talking about Jesus' humanity, that he would come into this world, says he would be a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, says that he would be rejected, that he would bear our griefs and our sorrows, and ultimately go to die being pierced for our sins, our transgressions. He would come and he would dwell in our humanity. And this is, in fact, exactly what we see in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus coming as a man, as we looked at last week, he came and dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us. I don't think we value this enough as Christians. I I think we understand that Jesus came, he died on a cross for our sins, and he rose again. And rightly so, I mean, that is the gospel. But I don't want that to just become devoid or separated from who he is and how he came into the world. The scripture is very clear that he came as a full human. Hebrews 2, 17 says this. He says, Therefore, he had to be made like us in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation or payment for the sins of his people. And then later in Hebrews 4, 15, it says that we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then the application here is, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So the whole point is that not only did Jesus just come to die for your sins and rise again, but within that is that God became man, that full God became full man, and that as Hebrews is arguing for, it says he had to be made like us in every respect. Why? So that he could become a sacrifice for us, so that he could save us. Our whole salvation is wrapped up in him becoming fully man. If he wasn't fully man, he couldn't atone for sin as a man because man was responsible for sin. But if he wasn't fully God, he could not pay for that sin perfectly as a sinless, spotless sacrifice. But more than that, is that when you look at the picture of the Gospels, of who Jesus is, and you read about his character and about his view towards humanity, it is one of such deep tenderness and compassion. 
Hebrews says he's a merciful and faithful high priest. That language there, the high priest, basically is looking back to the Old Testament when the priests would take the sacrifices and um, basically on behalf of the people present it to God. The high priest was the mediator. It was the one who, before a holy God, was in the way of the people so that he could minister to them. In the same sense, Jesus is our great and merciful high priest. He became fully like us in every way. I don't know if you think about that a lot, but your Savior, the Savior who came to die on a cross for you, is the same Savior who dwelt in a dirty, dark world, who was around disease, who healed disease. He was around those who were demon-oppressed, but yet he was like us in every way. He knew what it was like to live in a pain-ridden world. You look at the picture of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. What is he doing? He is crying tears of blood in agony over the pain that he was about to face on the cross. He died. He experienced death. He knows what it is like. Look at Jesus with Lazarus when Lazarus died. What does he do? Shortest verse in the Bible. I know you know it. It says, Jesus wept. He was moved to pity at the death of a friend. He felt grief. He also felt betrayal. Judas betrayed him. He felt rejection. His disciples rejected him, deserted him. This goes back to Isaiah 53 where it says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and is one from whom men hide their faces. On that cross, he was mocked, he was beaten, he died. I just think about that. Our Savior is not immune to the effects of living in a fallen world. He has felt pain. He has felt grief. He has felt sorrow. This is why Jesus is the best hope for us in the world. It's because not only is he powerful enough to carry us through the valley, but he himself has, in a sense, walked with us through that valley. And what is his promise at the end of Matthew 28? It says, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus says, I'll send my comforter to you, my helper, the Holy Spirit, who will remind you of all these truths. And so we as Christians look back to the cross. We look back to his coming because he has come into the world, fully took upon our humanity, faced sorrow, faced grief and death. He's risen now, and we look back to that hope through the power of the Spirit. And we have hope in that ourselves, knowing that our Savior has wept tears, that he is cried out to the Father, that he has been betrayed. This has huge impact for anyone suffering with mental illness, with depression, anxiety, even those who have gone through tragedy or have experienced trauma in this world, is that your Savior is not immune to that. He has experienced it. And while you can't say he's experienced the same thing you have, right, because all of our experiences are different, Nonetheless, he knows what it's like to live in a dark world. And for me, in my depression, as I began trying to discover how the cross or how Jesus related to my suffering, or rather how my suffering related to him, I had to come to the point where I had to realize that my sufferings must be viewed in light of his coming. That apart from it, there's no hope. That if I can't generalize my sufferings onto his sufferings 
if I don't share in his sufferings in that sense, then I don't have participation with him in, in that way. That if he doesn't know what it's like to go through the same things I've gone through, then in a sense, he's a distant savior. That's not the story of scripture. The story of scripture is that our savior got down to the dirt, got his hands dirty and became like us. But yet he was perfect and he, he, he didn't sin. There's often a gray line between our mental illness, depression, anxiety, and sin, right? When, when does my despairing and my hopelessness become a sin when I'm doubting God and doubting his presence? Or when does my anxiety and fear and worry of the unknown become a sin in the sense where I'm not trusting God? How do I separate feeling from when I'm disobeying the Lord? And I think those lines are so gray, I don't even know how to navigate them myself. But the application in Scripture is the same. Run to Jesus because he was made like you in every way. He knows what you're dealing with better than you do. He's able to discern what's in your heart better than you do. So run to him. He is compassionate. He's slow to anger, rich in love. And not only that, but he has felt what it's like to live in a world of darkness. But he conquered death. He conquered the grave. He's risen. And he sits at the right hand of the Father until he will come back and make all things new. This is the Christian hope, is that you have a Savior who knows your pain, and he's with you. He sits with you. He's willing to be with you in your pain. And there are reasons why he doesn't immediately alleviate that suffering and sorrow. And I I don't know what they are. Who knows um, why God does what he does in each of our lives. But I can just tell you, looking back on my life and my depressed states and anxious states, that God has taught me more in those valleys about depending upon him than I would ever learn by being self-sufficient, that in my weakness and in even those blurry lines of what I don't know is sin and just a mood, right, that I can run to him no matter what, and that because he is my great high priest, because he intercedes for me perfectly, that he's merciful and faithful, that I can go to him. There's a quote, and I think this is a beautiful quote from a church father in the fourth century, It says, what Christ did not assume, Christ did not heal. What Christ did not assume, he is not healed. Basically what that quote is saying is that if there is a part of our humanity that Jesus did not take upon himself, then he can't fully redeem it in his salvation. If he did not fully have a human mind and a human will, then he can't redeem that. And I love that because what this is saying and what the Bible teaches is that one day every part of our experience will be redeemed. It's not just that we're saved now and that's it, but it's that one day when Christ returns, we will have new bodies, new minds, and everything will be redeemed. Behold, I'm making all things new. For that, Jesus had to become man, fully like us in every way. So the application while we live in this final valley as we await the final mountain of God's new kingdom is to run to Jesus, that he is the best hope in the world. His coming into the world is the only hope for humanity. I believe that. Will you believe that with me today?
Well, hey, thanks for tuning in to Through the Valley Advent Season Episode 2. We'll be back to wrap up the Christmas season with Episode 3 of Advent titled, A Baby is Your Hope. So a little irony there, but I hope you'll join me for that. And then uh, I'll be off for the holidays and then we'll be back with the new year and have a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Special guests lined up that will be talking about their stories and experiences from a wide range of people. So I'm really excited to get some collaboration onto this podcast. And if you have any ideas, please send them my way again. Um, if you would please follow, subscribe if you haven't done already. All music in this podcast was provided by Les FM from pixabay.com. And if you would like to support me on Patreon or Anchor, I have links in the description. Really appreciate you guys, and let's continue walking through the valley. Mm-hmm.